If the Green Bay Packers want to attack their receiver problem in the draft, what exactly is the best way to go about it? How aggressive should they be? You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Pull the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter McCaskin. I cover the Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter. Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Two big things I want to hit today. We're going to talk about the fallout from the latest run of QB moves, what it means for the Packers and the future of their quarterback position, mostly Jordan Love. And we're going to, as we will continue to do until we have some sort of useful resolution to the whole at receiver that the Packers currently have, talk about the best way to attack this problem. The draft is going to be a tool that Green Bay uses. They have too many picks, too many premium picks to not use one, even if they are able to pull off some sort of frontline trade for a guy who can come in and be your number one receiver. I don't think in a, in a situation where you have two, maybe three years with Aaron Rodgers, that you are going to attempt to win a Super Bowl in 2022. And every year you are now focused solely on trying to win a Super Bowl. I don't think you can go into that season going, well, a rookie can do the job. So that leaves us with the question of how to approach the draft. I do think that what happens before the draft fundamentally affects the way that the draft plays out, right? Because If what you do is you go out and you sign a Will Fuller or Julio Jones or someone like that, a veteran who can theoretically be a prominent part of your offense, and then the rookie pops as the rookie pops, you have much more pressure on that rookie than if you go out and you get one of these more frontline veterans in a trade We're just throwing names out there. DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has to feel like it has to be the floor. Like you have to go and at least get Brandon Cooks. And if you can get Brandon Cooks, great. Now you maybe just need one or two other guys. Now let's rewind. When the Packers had Devontae Adams, The thought was, all right, get a bona fide number two, and now you really have something because Alan Lazard is a terrific complimentary player. Randall Cobb is a nice complimentary piece. We'll see if they're able to bring back Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Big Bob Tunyon, we talked yesterday about the, the reliability that guys like Cobb and Lazard and Tunyon give you, Mercedes Lewis and the running backs. Do you need to do the thing where Green Bay says, hmm, rather than go up, 
Just take two or three. Or do you want to take a more targeted approach? Do you want to say, okay, this is the guy? Apparently in 2020, reporting after the fact, says that Green Bay loved Justin Jefferson. They wanted to move up to get him. They weren't able to do that. Remember, he went shortly after CeeDee Lamb went, Jalen Rager. There was a little mini run of receivers right in a row. And then Green Bay moved up to 26. They get preempted with the Brandon Ayuk trade. San Francisco gets into that Minnesota spot that Green Bay was probably not going to be able to get into. And they lose out on the chance to get one of these frontline players. What we were told and and what I believe to be true based on the things that I have heard, based on the things that I have then subsequently read and has been reported, is Green Bay, when they were moving up, there was a there were players that they had in mind, and they picked the guy that when they had their pick was the the last guy in a tier of players. My guess, my educated guess is that Jordan Love was the last group of first-round grades that they had. They took him. Subsequently, they had a couple guys that they liked as borderline firsts or, or second-round players, and they wanted to move up to get them. They were not able to do that. I believe those players were Michael Pittman and Chase Claypool. I don't know that for sure, but I believe those were the players. It would have taken a lot of capital to get up in that range to get those guys. They weren't able to do it. You have to think that the way that this draft class looks, there will be a similar situation where there will be a tier of of receivers. And this is probably true every year. A tier of receivers where Green Bay goes, these guys are either worth trading up for or worth prioritizing at the picks that they have. And then there's a secondary group that, okay, now it's time to move up if necessary. The nice thing is you add the second round pick, that higher second round pick allows you a little bit more flexibility to move up if you need it. into the. It's a lot easier to go from 53 to 45 than from 60 to 45. It takes a lot less capital to move in those ways. And so then it comes down to who do you like? Who do you like? And I don't want to preempt the article that I have coming for the leap this week in terms of Packers types, the requirements that they tend to have, and then the statistical uh, check marks that I value. I don't know if Green Bay values them, but I value them because NFL draft history says we should value them. If you look at those things, there is going to be a tier of guys. I know who I think that tier is. I don't know who Green Bay is going to think that tier is. So let's let's return to pre-Devontae Adams trade life. If Devontae Adams still needs a high-end number two, then if you have a lower-end number one, and anyone they could possibly go get, even if they can go get someone, is going to be lower-end, then you probably need more than one of those guys. But if the Packers sign Marquez Valdez-Scantling, for example, I think they are signaling that 
They want to add a frontline player. And that might be in the draft. It might not be. And then you want to draft someone. And it, so they could both be in the draft, right? So you could, you could, if you're the Packers, say, we think the best way to move forward is take 22 and 28 and figure out some way with all the picks that the team has to move up into range to grab the guy that we think is the best fit for us. That would be one way to go. I think another way is you make a move for a a more uh, higher-end guy, a premium guy, and then I think you can be a little bit more reactive to the board. I still think a first-round receiver with one of those two picks is something that you have to prioritize because you, you definitely need that boost. But if the best you can do before the draft is Will Fuller or something like that, then I think it becomes incumbent on you, imperative for you to take a couple of swings. Now, the shape of this draft also matters. To me, there are two receivers who stand out above everyone else, physically and profile-wise, and it's really three. It's Drake London, who I said yesterday I think is the best receiver in this class. It's Traylon Burks, who I wish would have tested a little bit better, but I'm fine. I'm fine with it because I've seen the tape and I love the tape. And it's Chris Olave. Those are the three guys. And I think they are all terrific fits for the Green Bay Packers. I think you would be very happy with any and all of them. I think you'd be happy with multiples of them. And if you were able to leave this draft with Drake London and someone else or Traylon Burks and someone else, you would feel pretty good about that. You also want to think about complementary skill sets. So depending on who you you bring in, a veteran, I'm, I'm fairly confident they will bring in a veteran. The quality of that veteran is TBD. <laughs> and so you also want those guys to fit. I think Traylon Burks has the most complimentary skill set to almost anyone that they could bring in, but I think Drake London has the best chance to be a legit bona fide number one. I think Chris Olave is the easiest uh, scheme fit in terms of, I just know what he looks like in this offense. And I think he's the most complimentary player that you could bring in. He was the perfect compliment to Devontae Adams because of his ability to win down the field, because of his ability to win as a route runner underneath. He could win to all parts of the field. Not every receiver can say that. And he was polished. He was ready to compete. He was ready to be good for this team right away. Drake London, I don't know. I don't know if he can do that. But long term, I think he is going to be the best guy. Traylon Burks, I think there's a great fit there. But in year one, is he is he perfect because he's a little bit raw? Not even a little bit. He's there's plenty of rawness to his game. He he doesn't really even run routes a lot of times. It's overs, it's posts, it's goes. Now I, I think that's fine. I mean, DK Metcalf is that, but he's not the athlete DK Metcalf is. So I th- I think the answer to the question, and the question, this question was all brought on by friend of the podcast, Jen Curtin, on Packers Twitter. Shout out to Jen. 
I told her I was going to make it a segment. The ultimate answer to what is the most prudent path forward is based on what you do ahead of time. If they do nothing, then I think the move is patience. Because they're going to have a group of guys that they think are their guys. So that list is is probably not that long. I went back and I looked at 2020 and that list of, of deep, deep, deep receiver classes. And I looked at the Packers' preferences athletically. That whittled the list down to like 10 guys. And so the list is going to be smaller than, than you think it is. And this is, again, something that I'm going to talk about in my, my article coming this week for The Leap that I don't want to entirely preempt because then why subscribe to the newsletter? The Leap is, after all, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. If, if the draft is, is the way to do the thing, then 22 is your, is your priority. And I think what you need to do is then say, all right, there are these three guys. For me, it's three. So if I'm the GM, I'm going, okay, there are these three guys. I need to lead the first round with one of these guys. And so, okay, one goes off the board. I'm monitoring. I'm, I'm maybe making some, some just preliminary calls to go off the board. Now I'm scrambling. That's why when one goes off the board, you got to start thinking, okay, how many spots? Where could they go? Who could want to move up for them? Who's a fit? Because this is, I, I have to get one of these guys. And if you have to overpay to move up, do it. And feel confident in your evaluations. Generally, that's not something I advocate. But the Packers have shown that they're willing to move up. Go up and get one of these guys. And then in the second round, the the there are two guys after the first round that I think are just go find a way to get them. Christian Watson and George Pickens. And I think they're both borderline first round players. And that's why. If they're, if they're going in the second round, almost irrespective of what you're able to do in the first round, try and get one of those guys. You know, if they're able to bring in a Chris Olave in the first He's ready to go. I think he could come in. He's the most pro-ready guy in this class to me. And you could add a Christian Watson in the second round, someone who does not know how to play receiver right now, but could be unbelievable. I think there are three guys in this class, eh, three and a half guys in this class, who to me profile as NFL number ones, true NFL number ones. Drake, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson. I think George Pickens could do it, and I think Chris Olave could do it. I don't think either of them are ideally suited to it. I think both of them are like super high-end 1Bs. I don't think they're true 1As. So that's why for me, those three guys, those are the guys that I'm targeting. And then I have the secondary list. Let me try and get one of those guys too. If you get Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf or Keenan Allen or Brandon Cooks or insert other high-end veteran that you can get, you can just play it a little cooler. Just take what comes. You still need to get somebody, but you can be a little more chill about it. And, and still feel free 
to take a couple. No question about it. Still feel free to take a couple. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball tournament is in full swing. The men's and the women's, it is the place to do it. Bet Online is your spot to handle all of your sports betting needs and info. Bet Online remains the best place for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs. Live betting in your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, we talked about Jordan Love Trades on the show a couple times. I like to bring it up. It is a pet topic of mine, to be sure. The current market has complicated that because Jameis Winston is going back to the Saints. The Falcons trade Matt Ryan to Indianapolis and sign Marcus Mariota. That leaves really just Seattle and Carolina with the chairs left and the music getting ready to stop. Could there be other teams that have some interest in a Jordan Love? Sure. I think the Packers are increasingly in the position where Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, number two. But he will be a quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, not the quarterback. But we had to we had to say it like that just to freak you out a little bit. Um, the trade market drying up doesn't mean that this is over. Training camp can happen. The spring can happen. All kinds of things can happen. And the market, you know, the, the Packers traded Brett Hundley. They did so in August after he showed some things in, in exhibition season and training camp, et cetera. They had Deshaun Kaiser. And so they felt comfortable moving Brett Hundley. That could happen, certainly, with Jordan Love. I don't think it's likely, but it certainly could happen. Atlanta felt like a good place for him to go. It still feels like a place that makes more sense than Marcus Mariota because if you're Atlanta, why are you even trying? Why even bother with Marcus Mariota? There's They have no skill talent outside of Kyle Pitts. Cordero Patterson is a running back, but like... Their pass catchers are trash. The offensive line is meh. Um, the defense is bad. I don't know that they're well coached. So, but other than that, the team is just rock solid. So why are you why are you bothering with two years with Marcus Mariota? Why not take a swing on a Jordan Love? See if you have something. And if he stinks this year, who cares? You're gonna if he stinks this year, better. Because then you're going to get a high pick and you can take CJ Stroud. You know, you, you there are there are going to be guys in this 2023 draft class of quarterbacks that you can be much more excited about than this 2022 class. Now, maybe when the draft is all said and done, there are teams going, yeah, I'd really like Jordan Love better than whatever I did or didn't get. Now, there are enough quarterbacks in this class that every team that feels like they need one, could get one. 
But there are going to be some teams emerging who are going, eh, maybe, maybe I need one. You know, what, what if Minnesota is not sold on Kellen Mond? I don't know how you could be at this point in his development. And someone like Desmond Ritter falls to them. Could be something that they do. Now that's one less quarterback for a team that feels like they need one. These markets, as we're seeing this offseason, I mean, it's crazy. The, the market, this is the most unpredictable quarterback market we have ever seen. Next year, could be a lot of teams going, wait, why did we do that? Washington's going to be going, why did we trade Carson for, for Carson Wentz? Maybe Seattle is going, why did we trade for Baker Mayfield? And there aren't going to be enough quarterbacks to go around. Underrated in all of this, and it's something that is connected to the Devontae Adams piece of this. We talked briefly about it last week. What if it is the case that Rodgers is just going to play one or two more seasons? If he's just going to play two more seasons and retire, then you have Jordan Love on his fifth-year option. Maybe you picked it up. Maybe you know what the plan is with Aaron Rodgers and you were able to preempt it and you were able to say, okay, we know that you know 2023 is probably the last year and so then it's Jordan Love's time. That would be a reason to hold on to him, to develop him. But we're also seeing from this quarterback carousel, if you have a valuable asset, teams will overpay. And quarterback is always a valuable asset. Now, the Baker Mayfield market does not seem to be robust. The Jimmy G market does not seem to be robust. Both of those guys are major injury concerns. Both of those guys also have a long NFL track record, at least long relative to Jordan Love. And it's, I would say, uninspiring. If you're an NFL team, you're certainly not banking on the upside of one of those guys. Jordan Love still has that factor of the unknown. Could he? What could he be? Isn't it fun to think about what he could be? Oh my gosh, if everything goes right, what could he be? In the right system, what could he be? And you're not saying that about Jimmy Garoppolo. You're not saying that about Baker Mayfield. So, a couple months, there could be more valuable. The trade deadline could be some value. A team could want to do the Jimmy Garoppolo thing where you get him in your building, you audition him, and then you get to make the decision on what he looks like in your team moving forward. And you can decide when he gets paid. And that's viable too. Maybe Green Bay is looking to do a player for player trade. You have someone that they like and they have someone that you like. I don't think that's out of the question by any means. But the, the market has certainly changed. Saints out. Jameis Winston is their guy for the near future. Now, do I understand that? No. Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill? Ugh. 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 No, thank you. Pass. Hard pass. Seattle has nothing. I don't see the 49ers trading Jimmy G to San Francisco or to, to Seattle. Baker Mayfield could be a Seattle destination. Cool, I guess. Carolina's wondering where are they in all of this? They make sense as a Jordan Love team, but I think they like Kenny Pickett. Uh, they certainly uh, do not seem to be the most competently run franchise. 
I, I, I don't know how you can like much of anything that's gone on there over the last couple of years. So you just got to hold on to love and hope that he becomes a more valuable asset to, to use in the future and or he still is the, the future of the quarterback position for the Green Bay Packers. I don't think we can rule that out yet. And I haven't addressed this specifically, but now seems like a good time to do it. There is this narrative, and it's usually it's usually driven by those trying to confirm their priors about either A, not liking the Packers, or B, thinking Jordan Love stinks. And it is, well, if the Packers liked Jordan Love, if they thought he could do anything at all, they would have moved on from Aaron Rodgers and he'd be the quarterback. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? No team would say, yes, two-time defending back-to-back MVP. Please go away. We like this other guy better. Aaron Rodgers wanted it to be back. Now, the Packers went through a somewhat similar situation with Aaron Rodgers. But Brett Favre had retired. He'd gone through the process. It was over. Now, the Packers certainly knew what the situation was, how close Rodgers was to that this offseason. But he clearly told them, I want to play. I want to play a couple more years. And the Packers said, okay, here's the contract. Sign it. And he said, bet. You take Aaron Rodgers. And, and the irony of this is always the fans who are saying that would much rather have Aaron Rodgers, either than their quarterback or than Jordan Love. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is better than Jordan Love. What kind of stupid person would say otherwise? No one has said that. And, and I'm someone who I think is is portrayed as love-friendly and, and Aaron um, not. <laughs> I don't know that either of those are necessarily fair. Uh, on the field, it's not close. You want Aaron Rodgers. Every team, I mean, every team but like three, maybe, would say, we'd rather have Aaron Rodgers than the guy that we put on the field. Not, we would trade X, Y, Z, but just like, we would rather have Aaron Rodgers than our guy. It's like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. That's probably the whole list. Every other team would say, no, no, we'd rather trade, not literally trade, but just swap. Like, if we could swap, I said, hey, could we just swap? They'd all say yes. In a vacuum. It's not about Jordan Love. It's not about that. So don't make it about that. The Packers decided that the best quarterback for them was the best quarterback in the league. Hello. The two-time defending MVP. Yes, he's the best guy, not Jordan Love. Oh, my God. (gasps) Oh. There, that's juicy. No, come on. Come on. You can be smarter than that. Be smarter than that. Before we finish up, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? 
You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? When you could use Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. More to get to this week. We're going to have an interview to bring you this week. We're going to have some more interviews coming next week. I will be on vacation next week, but still bringing you content every single day because there's too much going on. There's too much going on. So I will just not physically be at my house, but the show will not be on vacation because we mostly don't take vacations on this show, though that might change this year later on in the summer. TBD on all of that. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.